Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Anthony Hudson, and it's my turn to give you one of the best upcoming football podcasts out here. Man, it's a great day. Um, I'm feeling blessed today. Excited to give y'all football content. Um, Excited to give y'all news about the week and everything that's going on. So let's go and get straight into it. Week 13 of the NFL and college football season. Well, really, week 13 of the college football season. Let's get into it, man. Rivalry week in college football. So many great games. So many honorable um, mentions that I could put into it. So I'm I'm gonna get three honorable mentions first. Um, Kentucky upsetting number ten Louisville. This was a great game. Um, we talked about Louis t- Louisville um, previously on the podcast. I didn't realize Louisville was making that much noise. I'm be honest with you. I had to actually sit down and watch some games. Um, Louisville been playing great, but they they fell short. They fell short, 38 to 31, in a exciting nail biting game to Kentucky. Um, then Washington State almost pulled up upset against number four Washington. Um, Washington ended up winning 24 to 21, but man, that would have been a very, very crazy um, turn of events if Washington, so Washington State would have beat Washington after the amazing season Washington been having, having with um, Penix and everybody. And then Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech now, Georgia Tech and Atlanta almost came close to beating my my Georgia Bulldogs. They came very close, thirty one to twenty three. That was a very close game. That was a very close game, man. Um, it's kind of scary because we got to play Bama next week. But man, very close game. But we end up we end up winning. That's all that matters, man. We end up winning. We gonna go to the SEC championship. All right, we gotta talk about the game. You already know what I'm talking about. Ohio's number two, Ohio State versus number three, Michigan, man. Hyped up. We already knew it was going to be hyped up because these teams have been playing great all year. Ohio State got um, Kyle, my boy, yeah, my boy, um, what's it called? Kyle McCord, Marvin Harrison, Ibuka. Um, Michigan got J.J. McCarthy, um, Corum, Edwards. Got my boy Kenneth Grant on defense. It doesn't play. Both teams been playing great all season. And it's time to see finally. Um, if Michigan State could keep that roll, keep that ball rolling, because I remember for oh my God, for the longest time, Michigan could not beat Ohio State. But hey, two years before this game, they won back to back times. So it was like, okay, can Ohio State finally beat Michigan? But let's but, but going into it, man, Michigan got the first strike at the interception, um, in a one yard run with Blake Corn. Blake Corn played great that game, by the way. Um, Michigan defense got a stop in the second quarter. Um, it followed by a 22-yard strike from J.J. McCarthy to James Turner. James Turner, he's nice, man. Number one, that man's nice. I've been watching his highlights lately. That He's a dog for sure. Um, six minutes left into the quarter, Kyle McCord finds um, Ibuka for a three-yard touchdown. Then Ohio State sat McCarthy, giving them the ball to go down and try a 52-yard field goal, which was missed. Um, later in the third, Ohio State tied the ball tied the ball game up with a run from Travion Henderson. Michigan bounced back with a 22-yard run of their own um, from Corum. Like I said, Corum played great that game and um, made the fi- made the field goal, putting the score to, um, to 27 to 17 in the third quarter. 
Then the best wide receiver in the nation, without a doubt, is 100% Marvin Harrison Jr. Came down, got to score his own to bring the game even closer. But Michigan got a field goal and then an interception to end up winning the game. Very, Just absolutely very exciting game. It literally came down to the very last play. I know, I think either third or fourth down where Michigan got that clutch interception to win the game. Um... Just the atmosphere in that game was electrifying. I watched the whole entire game, and it was just great. I mean, like, it, like I said, any Saturday where I could hear Gus Johnson commentate is great. And the fact that these were two of the best teams in the nation by far going against each other head-to-head in a rivalry game that's always great, always um like like a bloodbath, always going head-to-head. They absolutely hate each other, man. Absolutely hate each other. Like it's called the game for a reason. They don't even call each other their by their names. They don't say Ohio State don't say Michigan. They say them. Or they just say them or 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 they. They don't even they don't even say their names like the whole entire week. Like that's how much rivalry, that's how much compassion is into this game. And for it to be a close game, Michigan end up winning um with a score of thirty to twenty four. What else could you ask for on a Saturday Saturday um yes yeah, Saturday afternoon because they played at twelve o'clock, man, so great. Michigan um plays Iowa, um Iowa's I think ranked number seventeenth last time I looked. Um yeah they play Iowa next week in the Big Ten championship, and they're moving on, man. Um I'm looking at some of the game leaders. JJ McCarthy had 148 yards, a TD. He played solid. Like I said, Blake Corum, he went off 22 carries, 88 yards, and two TDs. Um, Trayvon Henderson had a 60 yards and one TD. Man, great game. Just absolute great game. That's all I can ask for. Um, let's go ahead and get going. Um, let's go ahead and go to the next game or next best game of the week. Number eight, Alabama versus Auburn, the Iron Bowl. That game's uh, that game's always good, man. Every time I watch it, it's always good. There be there's been some games over the past couple of years where it's been like ah, uh, and be like okay, Alabama's just really good, and Al- Al- Auburn's just they just don't have the talent to compete. But normally, man, when Alabama trying to make a start, when they trying to m- make a start to like compete for real, or um get get into the playoffs for real, like. Auburn find a way to either stop them or or hold them down for sure. So I'm be honest with you, do we really need to talk about the whole entire game? Like, do we re- do we really need to talk about it? Cause I'm be honest with you, that final play is really the only thing I need to mention for this game. To be honest, Auburn, no Alabama, down twenty to twenty four on Auburn's thirty yard line with forty one seconds left. Auburn decides to rush two defensive linemen. Two defensive linemen, right? That means there's nine players in coverage. Nine players in coverage. I will maybe eight. Eight players in coverage because the um nose tackle, he was just sitting in the middle of the field. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know. I guess for a screen or something, a screen pass. I don't know how he was going to halt down the screen pass because he's a defensive lineman. I, think, I hope that was a linebacker. But there was no way he was going to do anything where the position he was at. But anyway, that means there's eight to nine players in coverage, right? And you let up a touchdown, man. You let up a touchdown. First of all, I'll give it to Jalen Monroe. Oh, my God. That was an absolute 
laser to Isaiah Bond in the back of the end zone. He could have thrown that ball any better, I promise you. Because it would have got picked off if he didn't. I mean, man, that was absolute laser. But, bro, there's eight to nine players in coverage. There's only about five to six receivers that could go out and run a route. And y'all let up a touchdown, Auburn? Come on, man. As a Georgia fan, I don't want to see Alabama win. I don't want to play no man. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been, I've been talking a lot of stuff to my boy on Darion. He's an Alabama fan. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to play Alabama. Like, <laughs> deep down, I don't want to play Alabama. It's just, it's just, they just, it's always they find a way to win or come close or. Man, it's just always something. I don't know, but that could have been the that could have ended right then and there. But no, Mill World threw a, a touchdown to Isaiah Bond in the back end zone, and now Bama playing us in SC Championship again. I'm excited, but man, ah, it could have been ended right then and there. Mill World threw two TDs for 259 yards. Oh, he rushed for 170 yards too, man. Milro, I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him his props. I'll give Jalen his props for sure. Um, he's been playing great ever since he got benched and uh, decided to, they give or they decided to give him another chance to get his spot back. He's playing great. I'll give him that. He's been playing absolutely amazing ball. So I'll give him that. As for the NFL. There was not too many games, I'm going to be honest with you. There were a lot of low-scoring games, some blowouts. So, um, these hand-chosen games that I picked, which was only two games, <laughs> were actually probably the only two best games of the week. Like, not going to lie. Like, there was no honorable mentions. Like, for real. All right, so Philadelphia Eagles versus the Buffalo Bills, man. Going into the game, Philadelphia needed—I mean, not Philadelphia. The Buffalo Bills needed this win. They needed it so bad. Um, they were six and five going into the game. Um, I, I said it, man. Buffalo Bills don't like anybody to make the playoffs. For real, Josh Allen is inconsistent throwing. Man, it's just oh, ooh, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad on the Buffalo Bills right now. But they when they went to Philadelphia and they put up they put up a show. They need they I promise you Bills played with some heart this game cuz they really did. But let's go ahead and get to it. Eagles got the first go- first score of the game of course with the um tush push whatever. I don't know what they call it, man. Whatever they call it. Um I, I as much as I keep up with the NFL, I do not keep up with that name. I just know that it works every single time. <laughs> yeah, they got the first score in the game. Um, Bills bounce back with a field goal of their own, followed by a nine-yard power run by Josh Allen. Josh Allen be getting out there, bro. I promise you he do. And then a 13-yard pass to Stephon Diggs after that. So they up 17-7. Yeah, so they up 17-7. Um, after a missed field goal by the Bills, DeAndre Schiff had a big run to get them off his momentum, and they capitalized off a three-yard run um, touchdown by Jalen Hurts, with the score being 17 to 14. Um, running back James Cook caught a pass. 30-plus yards down the field. Um, the possession ended up with Josh Allen taking himself again um, by juking Blake and Schiff for a 16, 16-yard um, touchdown run. With the score being 24 to 14, Hurts uses his legs to convert on third and fourth, then throws a strike to Devontae Smith. He was going, he was doing amazing throws all game. Like, I don't want to hear any 
doubt or any um, complaints about Jalen Hurts' arm talent ever again. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I, I, knew, I know he know, mostly uses legs, but man, he was woo. He was dialing them up all game, man. Jalen Hurts, he played amazing. Yeah, um, was a strike to Devontae Smith in the back of the end zone to put them down only by three. Then Bradbury, he came up with a clutch interception for real. Um, cause that led to Hurts throwing another touchdown. This move, that touchdown to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, he was just playing for my Falcons, and I still cannot pronounce his name right. Zacchaeus. <laughs> yeah, but um, he threw another touchdown to him in the back of the end zone to put the Eagles up twenty-eight to twenty-four. Going into the fourth, um, Josh Allen locked back in, had an amazing drive that ended up with a seven-yard touchdown to Gabe Davis to put the score up to to put the score to thirty-one to twenty-eight. But of course, Jalen Hurst had the last laugh because he got the Eagles down to field goal position. Jake Elliott ended up hitting a sixty-yard field goal. Man, Jake Elliott is nice. I'll give him that. He he don't get his props too much like that as a good kicker. But had him on fantasy a couple years. He's he's good for real. Um, but Jake Elliott sixty-yard sixty-yard field goal to go into overtime. The Bills had a chance to go down the field and score a touchdown, but it ended up in a field goal. And, I mean, like I said, Eagles every single week, man. You give them a chance. They find ways, man. They find ways to win games every single time. No matter, it don't matter how close the competition is. It don't matter or what scale the competition is. And no matter how close the game is, man, they always find a way to win games. They went down the field. Jalen Hurts had a, well, like, 11-yard run to seal the deal and basically win the game for the Philadelphia Eagles. And in the long run, Eagles, man, 11-1. man. Get The only quarterback, only team they lost to is the Jets. So that means the only quarterback they have lost to this year is Zach Wilson. That is crazy. <laughs> that is absolutely crazy, man. Um, Like I said, the Bills go to 11-1 and the or no, the Eagles go to 11-1, and the Bills fall to 6-6, six and six, man. Ooh, it's not looking good. But Josh Allen did play his heart out. I'll give him that. He had two TDs for 339 yards. I think he had four total, four total TDs on 339 yards. And then Jalen Hurts had five total TDs and 200 on um, passing yards. Um, Yeah. DeAndre Swift had 80 yards. Devontae Smith had seven receptions for 106 yards and a touchdown. Gabe Davis had six receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. I mean, both teams balled out, man. But like I said, Eagles always find a way. Always find a way to win the game, no matter what. And the next best game of the week, the last best game of the week, I should say, is the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. CJ Stroud, man. Let's go ahead and get it to it. I'm going to say it again. He's him. Himothy. Himmy. Don't matter. He playing great. Playing great. He played great this game, too. But he's going against Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence always win. Trevor Lawrence since high school. I've, I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence since birth has always win, no matter what. Man, and played Georgia high school football. I think he went 4-0. Like, like went the state back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Back to back to back to back. Yeah, he went to state four times, right? Won all four times. Went to Clemson. Won his freshman or sophomore year. Coming here was one A last year. Went to the went 
went won eight games in a row, almost beat the Chiefs, and now there were seven and three coming into this game, man. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he's something. But anyway, let's go and get into it. <laughs> I had to get that spill. It, it, it's great. It's good quarterbacks going to get each other. They're both young. They're great, great quarterbacks. As the, that's that's the whole moral of what I was trying to say. But anyway, um, a field goal and a 43-yard screen to Ernest Johnson set up a touchdown by Trevor Lawrence, or set up a one-yard rushing touchdown by Trevor Lawrence, um, putting the score to 10 to zero. Houston followed by a screen in their own in the second quarter to Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, he's been making some noise this season. I promise you, he really has. He's been playing great, especially like the past like span of four game span or so. He's been playing great, for real. Um, yeah, Houston followed a screen in their own. That possession ended up with C.J. Stroud throwing a seven yard touchdown to Tank Dell. Um, on the Jaguars' next possession, Trevor Lawrence just misses, just misses by like maybe like a foot. Um, Calvin really on third down, so they settle for a field goal, putting the score thirteen to yeah thirteen to seven. Houston on the next possession missed the field goal, and with ten seconds left on the clock, y'all, ten seconds left on the clock, I'm pretty sure Jaguars are on their own thirty yard line. He throws uh, just I don't know what route it was, but he throws a. a a nice throw to Christian Kirk. And Christian Kirk caught this ball maybe like maybe like the 50, 40-yard line and took off. I mean, he ran all the way down and almost scored, but he got called at the one-yard line, man. One-yard line. And um they try to run a try to run a sleep or try to run a running play to um ETN and that got stuffed immediately. They was Houston was not playing no games with that run for real. But when at the halftime, um, in the third quarter, Derek Stingley Jr. got an interception that gave Houston a great field goal position, um, great position um, to kick a field goal. Oh, no, no, no. They didn't kick a field goal, my bad. They gave them great field position, and which C.J. Stroud used to get a one-yard touchdown run. There we go. Next possession, Calvin really took off with a 40-yard-plus um, reception and a touchdown. And a two-point conversion. Calvin really went crazy that possession, y'all. 40-yard plus pass or reception. Touchdown. I, I, in a, on the same route, too. Literally on the same route, basically. Different different position, but literally on the exact same route. I think in the exact same quarter, corner. Scored a touchdown. Scored a two-point conversion. Put the score up to 24 to 14. Um, with less than seven minutes left, CJ Stroud threw two nice throws to Hutchinson and Nico Collins. Um, Houston got the ball back to tie the game, but great defensive play by um what's it called? Great defensive play by the Jaguars basically caused them to kick a field goal. And it was a long field goal, I'll give you that. I think it was 60 yards, and it just hit the crossbar. I mean, just hit the crossbar and went off. That I mean, yeah, I mean, you set the you set the kicker up the good field goal position. I mean, that's all you can really do, to be honest. I, you can't really get too mad at that as a Houston fan. I mean, you really can't. You really can't, to be honest. But it was a great game. Um, Jaguars ended up winning that game 24-21. to um, Trevor Lawrence threw for 364 yards, a TD and an interception. C.J. Stroud threw for 304 yards and two TDs. Also had a rushing TD. Calvin really played great, five receptions for eight, 
89 yards and one touchdown. And then Nico Collins, that boy's been balling. <laughs> I don't know where he came from, but like um, he has seven receptions for 104 yards and a TD, man. Best performances of the week. I went over some of these already, but I'm going to say it again. I don't care. Um, Marvin Harrison had five receptions for 118 yards with a TD and a win versus Michigan. Oh, and a loss versus Michigan, my bad. Ooh, that was bad. Anyway, Ohio State fans, y'all listening to that, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but he had five receptions for 118 yards at a TD. Um, Josh Allen, um, 339 yards, four total TDs. Jalen Hurts, 200 yards, five total TDs. Um, Mike Evans has six receptions and 70 yards and two TDs against the Colts. And then Christian McCaffrey's had one, 114 yards and two TDs against I don't even know who he played. I know they won 45 to 10, though. I'm about to see who they played real quick because I know it was a pretty bad game, whoever it was. 49ers, they're back. I, I'm going to say it again. They're back, man. They are playing amazing. Oh, man. Oh, oh, that was Thanksgiving. Oh, against the Seahawks. Ooh, Ooh that was a bad game. <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and get to this next segment, man. Um, like I said, I introduced it last week. We're going to um, talk about it again. Story time, man. Story time. We're going to create another name for that eventually, I promise you, because I got to make it where it rhymes or is close to it's my turn. But right now, we just going to call it story time, right? All right. I want to talk about the case of the century. No, this is for one of the biggest NFL cases of all time, without a doubt. Um, I mean, everyone knows it for the most part. The case study, animal fighting, Michael Vick. Ooh. All right. Let's go ahead and get into it. Um, I could, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read some of it. I know the whole entire story, but I... We're just going to read some of it just so I get my um, facts right. All right, so former quarterback, right, arrested, spent the last – what the heck? Okay, so, yeah, basically Michael Vick, right, in 07 – I'm just going to say it because they're not giving me anything. 07, right? Okay, okay, 07, right, okay. Basically, in April of 07, um, they did a search on Michael Vick property um, as they found evidence of dog fighting around his um, facility, right? Um, Michael Vick was not necessarily the person that did the dog fighting, right? He didn't... I don't know if he exactly got the dogs. I don't know if he's exactly... Bought the dolls. He probably did buy the dolls. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. He probably did buy the dolls, but he didn't do the doll fighting. But still, it was in his property by all his friends, all those people that was doing gambling and all, all that stuff for the dolls. It was in his property. He knew exactly what was going on. He knew that the dolls were being hanged, drowned, electrocuted. They even shot some dolls, y'all. It was really bad, bro. It was really bad. It was in his property, and he knew exactly what they were doing. So, I'm when I say that, I'm not, I'm not 
sugar cut or nothing. Michael Vick deserved everything that got to him for that because that was that was terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, basically, he spent eighteen to twenty one months in federal prison. Um, for those, let's go ahead and I even give an introduction of who Michael Vick is. Michael Vick is a quarterback that used to play for the Atlanta Falcons, right? He was drafted in 2001, 2001, 2001 or two. Um, basically, revolutionized uh, quarterback scrambling. Like, there were people beforehand, um, like Randall Cunningham and... Um, I don't know, other quarterbacks that scrambled, Steve Young that scrambled. When Michael Vick came into the game, you knew he was scrambling. You knew he was going to take off. There was basically nothing you could do about it, right? He basically revolutionized it. He took over the city of Atlanta. Everyone. I remember as a young child, I had at least four to five Michael Vick jerseys. I don't know how. I don't know how my parents afforded it. But, yeah, four to five Michael Vick jerseys. Took over Atlanta. Um... Basically had everyone wearing his jersey. Everyone he was in every Atlanta rapper song. Um he had his own commercial, the Michael Vick experience, everything. Michael Vick was as popular as an athlete as you could get. If you're thinking NBA, um, thinking Allen Iverson, like uh, that's that's how big Michael Vick was, especially especially in Atlanta. Oh my god. Absolutely huge. Um, like I said, two thousand seven they investigated his um it was like a penthouse or they investigated the house found um evidence of of what's it called found evidence of them basically demoralizing what am I trying to say dog harming dog fighting there we go doing dog fighting he got arrested in 2007 i think it was right before the season um was in federal prison for 18 to 21 months. 18 for tw- 18 to 21 months, right? Um, got out. I think I don't know when he signed with the Eagles. He signed with the Eagles probably like a year or two later. They gave him a second chance, but Michael Vick, the whole entire situation, man, it, it was just wrong. I I basically just wanted to. I basically just wanted to give an overview so I get my spill of it, basically. Because I remember my spill, my my whole entire, like, my uh, thinking of it. Back in 07, man, I'm, I promise you, Michael Vick was, like, the biggest person on earth, bro. Like, like there was Michael Jackson, bro. There was Michael Jackson. There was Prince. There was, I don't know, there was there was Michael Jordan, bro, and then, like, Michael Vick, like, like was in the area, all of them to me, bro. I promise you. And hearing that allegations, hearing the allegations, and hearing that they were true, man, it it it, it was eye-opening. It's like, oh, my God, like, a NFL athlete, they're human, bro. Like, like they actually can do bad things. Like, it, it, it was eye-opening to me. Like, they actually could do bad things. Like, I didn't... I didn't think that. I mean, you don't. You really didn't hear too much of Michael Vick in the press at all before this. Like, you really didn't. I mean, I don't know if he he probably went out to clubs and stuff like that, but he was a, a chill, humble guy, like for real. And for him to do this, it was just like, man, like honestly, it's it's an environment thing, one hundred percent. 
I gotta slow down because I gotta I gotta use my words correctly in this. But yeah, it's an environment thing. You just gotta watch out who you're surrounded by, who you do your everything phase with. Michael Vick was literally one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Literally had so much going for him on put on such a high platform, and he's still hanging around these thug people, man. Still hanging around these people that was gambling. Still hanging around these people that was doing all this stuff for no reason, bro. For no reason, and then bought bought all this stuff for them so they could do all the all the gambling. I'm pretty sure he bought all this stuff. I'm be it was in his house, bro. I'm assuming that he bought it. I'm be honest with you, but yeah, literally. The hanging around the wrong environment for no reason, bro. Michael Vick could have been uh, literally one one of the greatest Atlanta Falcon quarterbacks of all time. If not, he he definitely in most eyes would have been. If it, if not if not like statistically, reputation wise, definitely one of the best Atlanta Falcon quarterbacks of all time. One hundred percent, he could have been. But it shows, man. It just shows the environment that you in. You just gotta watch out. You just gotta watch out. Put put them people to the side, man. If they ain't helping you, they ain't benefiting you, bro. There's no reason you should keep them in your circle for real. But yeah, um, Michael Vick, um, if you don't know the rest of the story, he got signed with the Philadelphia Eagles in 09. I'm pretty sure that was 09. Yeah, 09. Um after spending twenty one months, eighteen to twenty one months in prison. Um Got a second chance. He did get a second chance. I'll give him that. He got a second chance with the Philadelphia Eagles. Actually played really good. That 2010 season, I'm pretty sure, with Deshaun Watson and, oh, my God, Shady McCoy, there was no stopping them at all, I promise you. There were, oh, man, that, that team was nice. I think it was 2010, 2011 season. But, yeah, but he redeemed himself. I'll give him that. I He, he redeemed himself by basically – he took action. He realized what he did was wrong. He realized he what he did was um, basically unhumane. It was really, really just a sad case. But Michael Vick understands now that basically you gotta be. You can't put yourself in that environment. And I, I, I applaud Michael Vick for one for not just completely just breaking down, and two for taking accountability and realizing that. Yes, what I did was completely wrong. So, Michael Vick, he's still he's still one of my favorite he's still one of my favorite players of all time. I'll give you that. He still is. No matter I I know he did a lot of bad. I know that was a very bad thing that he did, but he's still one of my favorite players because he like I said he took accountability for it. All right, last segment. Best things I saw for the week. Them Houston red on red jerseys are hard, man. Those jerseys. Oh, man, like, I'm so glad the NFL finally allowed NFL teams to wear alternate helmets. But that red, Houston red, on them red Houston jerseys with them red, the red every, oh, my God. That that was one of the best unis in the league. It's probably come second to the um, Kelly Green jerseys. Them, Them Kelly Green jerseys are the best jerseys in the league. The best new jerseys in the league, for sure, by far. Um... Steelers, man. Steelers. 
everybody, everybody clap it up for the Steelers, man. I'm not going to clap it up because I don't want the sound audio to um, be bad or anything like that. But everybody clap it up for the Steelers. They got rid of Matt Canada. Finally got rid of Matt Canada. All the memes, all the rumors, all the bad names they've been talking about him. Everything, man. Because, um, I mean, the Steelers have been playing great. Well, at least... Not really offensively, but they've been playing great defensively. They've been winning games. Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches out there by far. In the very first game, they get rid of Matt Canada. They got 400 yards worth of total offense, man. 400 yards worth of total offense. It's actually hilarious. Um, <laughs> then um, I already said this. The only quarterback to beat the Eagles is Zach Wilson, which is crazy. Out of all the, play, all the quarterbacks they played this year, the only quarterback is Zach Wilson, who's not even starting as of right now. Um, then the NFL changed the overtime rules for Josh Allen. Um, going back into the 2020, 2020, 2021 season, I think. I don't know. I, it was probably, it, I think it was two years ago. Um, basically, the Chiefs and Bills played each other in the AFC, AFC championship game. And the Chiefs went down and scored with, like, 10 seconds left. No, they went down the field and scored a field goal with, like, 10 seconds left, right? And um, it was right before the Bills had one of the best drives I've ever seen in my life, right? Chiefs ended up getting the ball in overtime, going straight down the field and winning the game. And everybody was like, man, we feel so bad for Josh Allen. He didn't get a chance to win. He didn't get a chance to go down and and do a redemption like, like it is college football. But... Ever since they changed them overtime rules, Josh Allen has been 0-5 in overtime since, man. They literally changed the rules for Josh Allen, and he still can't get it right, man. Josh Allen, I pray for you, man. I I, I don't know, man. He, oof. Oh, he has so much talent. It just, I don't know. It just, it, sometimes it just clicks, and then sometimes it just, ooh, man, it's pretty bad. But anyway, Broncos are still riding. For sure. On a six game winning streak. Um they beat the Browns, I think twenty nine to sixteen, thirteen. But yeah, um they beat the Browns. That was I mean, Browns pretty good competition. They don't have Deshaun Watson anymore. He's out for the season. But I mean, against that defense, that's still pretty good competition. Twenty nine points for the team that only kick only score off of field goals, that's that's good, for real. Broncos six and um, one last six games. And the last thing I gotta say, of course I gotta talk about my foul against B. John. Finally got used. Finally was put back into the system. I don't know why Arthur Smith decided to say, oh, we're not going to use Bijan. I don't know what happened there, but we, we you finally used Bijan, and guess what? We won. We beat the Aints, and we won, man. It's, it's that simple. Like, we have so much talent. Pitts, London, Bijan, um, Tyler Azir. They ain't there, bro. Freaking Riddler. So much talent, bro. So much talent. And we over here not using our best offensive player, Bijan, man. But we used them what? And we won. We beat the Aints. And it's a good day, man. So thank you for listening. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at D-I-N-T Podcast. TikTok at D-I-N-T Podcast. I'm going to try to get some more reels out there for sure. And um, thank you for listening, man. Y'all have a blessed day. And peace.